Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It is May 23rd, 2023, and it's episode 196. Thank you, Dan, for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yep, we got a great long podcast this time after taking a week off into the box. We got lots of announcements, lots of blogs, a lot of interesting things have happened. Uh, really cool. To- and two talkers, so this should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We're definitely going to be uh, talking away here. But uh, hopefully you guys are joining us in the chat. And uh, yeah, everyone's trying to catch up after into the box. But uh, we're ready. So first up, thank our sponsors, Order Solutions. They're the makers of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box. And they just had their 10th Into the Box conference, which was a big success. So yay for so. them. Yep, so a few ways you can say back to Order Solutions if you want to thank them for all they're doing. You can like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube. You can uh, reach for the stars with orders. Um, there's a little command box tool that you can run, and it'll like and uh, basically star every Forgebox project that's in your dependency list. So really cool um, to be able to do that. And of course, we want you guys to subscribe to your podcast on your favorite app, and then leave us a review. Uh, reviews are really helpful. We don't uh, have enough of them. We need more. We always need more reviews. So go leave us a review. Help us get up the, the list of uh, podcasts there. Perfectly positive, but we do like criticism, so let us know what we're doing, good or bad. Uh, a couple of the ways you can support us, sign up for a free or paid account on CFCasts. Uh, we have new content pretty much every week. Uh, we have a whole list later on the, on the show about new stuff that's coming. Uh, the Box Life Store at ordersolutions.com, about, uh, or slash about us slash shop, uh, some Box Life swag, which is pretty cool. Actually, some of this, you know, I can say it's our design department does it really good because we have like some really sweet stickers, sweet um. Just the design overall, I think, is fantastic. A little tangent. Uh, Ordis Books. We have 102 Cold Box HMVC Quick Tips and Tricks. on that, That's on Gumroad. And then we also have the Learn Modern Cold Fusion CFML in 100 minutes. Um, potentially, uh, potentially less, but may, maybe a little more. That's free online at modern-cfml.ordisbooks.com. Uh, or you can get an ebook or a paper copy uh, at ordisbooks.com. Or, yeah, sorry, ordisolutions.com slash learn slash books slash cold fusion in a hundred minutes or just go to the website and drill down go from there yep one of the big announcements or one of the announcements there are lots of them at into the box one of them was about the the update so uh and of course scott's in the chat thanks scott for joining us uh he's asking about the hundred command box tips and tricks winky face uh, someone has to use AI to go transcribe all of Brad's little videos. He just made like 37 of them. So there's 37 hints, tips, and tricks right there. We just need to start compiling them for him because Brad's a robot, but not enough robots. We need more of them to, to make that book. So one day soon, uh, maybe we should try and actually use AI to do that. So that's a good point. Yeah. So I had a really good, a really good comment that maybe just chat GPT is just like a direct link to Brad's brain. And you just type something in and it just kind of gushes forth knowledge and wisdom from there. That could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. transcribing all those videos would be a good start for sure. Uh, and some of them are long, but anyways, yeah. sidetrack. And uh, no, thanks true. for our Patreon supporters. So our Patreon supporters um, personally support our plans with their own money and we really appreciate them right now we have 40 patreons and i think we have one extra who's not able to use patreon during to uh, like geographic region issues so 
41. Uh, but patreon.com slash order solutions. You can go find out lots more about that and we'll give you some tips at the end of it. So, uh, so cool, cool. But just before we move on to the next section, I want to say thanks, uh, Giancarlo. He says, Hey guys, love your presentation on testing Dan. Another great ITB in the books. Yep, for sure. JC did amazing. He had a hands-on workshop at ITB and that was great too. Uh, and Scott was there. He presented on some AI stuff, which, uh, which is awesome. Um, so he, he did a lot of, a lot of cool stuff in his presentation too. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, Giancarlo to see. and, uh, Luis did a joint hands-on, right? Yeah. And, uh, but Luis was amazed by the work JC did, you know, all the stuff he's done and like, he's been busy. So he did all the, most of the stuff in the last few weeks and it turned out great. So, uh, it was super cool. So and a good hanging out with them and, you know, other speakers and patrons at the conference and yeah. So very, very cool. Great. Okay. So let me switch up and let's do news and announcements uh, obviously we've mentioned itb so we'll, we'll announce the ever big announcement there adobe cold fusion 2023 was released so uh, right. i think it was the day of the first day of the conference um that basically they announced it and they're they got some documentation up on the adobe cold fusion site and so dan will get the link in there for you but um basically they released it and uh they've got quite a lot of features in there uh, I know we've been waiting for it for a while, and those who've been in the beta and then the the you know the sort of pre-release program got to see a lot of this. But um, the LDAP and SAML integration, the got a central configuration server set up now. They've got GraphQL clients. They've uh, updated the engine and the HTML to PDF. They've done some more work adding cloud services. They've uh, added JOT or JWT integration to CF as well. And they've got a whole link here on what's new. So I'll post that one real quick as well. Uh, but yeah, that, I, I know it's pronounced JOT. I, 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 for some reason, I just can't call it that. It doesn't look like JOT. Like, I know that's what people call it. Yeah. I can't do it. It's like those people who call CLIs Cleese. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Star Trek, uh, either villain or animal or something like that. It's like... <laughs> uh, exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree on that one too but jot jwt whatever you call it uh it's got a lot of cool stuff in there um you know go check it out and i know mark takata has been doing some sessions <laughs> eric's like even better jwt tokens and the funny part about that is it's like has anyone called a, an atm an atm machine before because the m and the atm True. stands for machine and jwt tokens is jw tokens so jason web token tokens not the mount name Kilimanjaro, because kilimanjaro actually means mountain or has like the mount built in so it's like mount mount jaro or something yeah <laughs> random trivia yep exactly but uh yeah let's just a, a little little recap of into the box so obviously uh we did live stream a couple of things we didn't live stream everything this year um we did live stream day one and day two and i'm posting the links in there for those who missed it but uh the keynotes hit sorry we live streamed the keynotes on day one day two not the entire thing but uh the keynotes are there so you guys can go watch them there's about an hour of uh, great announcements on each day um it was really cool to see and we'll, we'll talk about some of the releases in the next section there was a lot of announcements there but uh we had two tracks of sessions and we had one track of hands-on so we hands-ons were like a double session two hours at a time and they were as uh, going on at the same time but uh they were really cool. And of course, I've been looking forward to um, the SQL Sleuth one by uh, Sean Odin, which you get to learn SQL while solving a murder. And he didn't think I was going to be in there, so he made me one of the suspects because he had to make one of the oldest people a suspect. So I almost was the murderer. Uh, luckily, SQL saved the day and I was not uh, prosecuted. <laughs> but nice. that was a good That's session. Good. <laughs> and yeah, I heard, again, heard great things about JC's. Did you attend any of the hands on, Dan? 
I didn't do any of the hands-on. I went to the pre-conference that uh, that John Clausen did on deploying logging uh, web apps, and it was it was very good. I got about two thirds of the way through it, and my brain just biasly said, "Okay, you know what? You're full," which was yeah. great because I'd filled in a whole bunch of knowledge that I was missing, like little things, like little gaps and stuff. And then I was like, "All right, I'm just going to stop here." I pushed pause and uh, <laughs> kind of just kind of watched the rest as opposed to really try try to internalize it. But it was a it was a really good. The whole day, which is a really good presentation, which was fantastic. Yeah, there was five workshops, and uh, some of them were were basically overflowing. They were full. Like John's one, I saw a picture like that. That room yeah. had everyone in it, and everybody came out with their brains sore but full of good stuff. And like exactly. we had a smaller one. Uh, obviously, we do API workshops all the time, so we had a smaller workshop. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the guys, uh, you know, at lunchtime, you know, he's, he's from Penn State, and we had a great group. And he was like, nice. man, I already got my money's worth before lunch. You know, it was like by 10 o'clock, I was already like, got my money's worth and all the rest is just, you know, bonus. And so it was really good, good to hear. Daniel Garcia did a great job leading that one. And I was in there, uh, you know, a sidekick interrupting him periodically to rant, random stuff. But yeah, so it was, it was really good. We got a little bit of time in the end to dive a little deeper and answer questions. And so, yeah, I, I know all the workshops were, were really well taken. So that was good. Yeah. That was good. Plus, what I really appreciate about conferences like that, I think Sean Odin said, uh, I'm speaking of Sean, that's the best. There's always the track, the other track, the third track, then there's like the hallway track. And this is basically one of the best parts about doing something in, in person is just the ability to just kind of you hang out and you chat. You know what I mean? You're in the hallway, you're in the, in the lobby, and then there's like, you know, just evening where everyone's like processing the day and everything else. And it just kind of puts things in perspective and people that you see on Twitter or that you see on, you know, whatever kind of however you consume your news and everything else, they become actual people. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then you realize, wow, this person sounds, you know, even smarter in real life. And then just it, it's just really interesting to kind of like, I don't know, see more of the people behind the faces and names and everything else. It's pretty cool. I I, I love in-person conferences. They're fun. Yep. And uh, like Sean Odin, he's not even a developer anymore. Like he moved to the DBA world a long time ago, but he still comes into the box because he gets a lot out of it. And he likes to share his database stuff and just hang with the people and, you know, and yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. And, you know, a lot of people are already like, see you next year, you know, and there was an announcement next year. We may be looking at changing locations now that our leader Luis has uh, moved to Malaga, Spain. We're like, why are we still in Houston? Is there a reason for it? And obviously all our gear is there. Cause we store it from year to year to save some money, <laughs> but, um, yeah, storage facility, but we might be moving to another location. So we're looking at possibly Houston again, but maybe Chicago or uh, another big hub like that. Uh, we had some weather issues affecting uh, Houston on the way home. So some of us mm -hmm. got affected by that, but we're looking at some of the bigger hubs, you know, trying to make it, um, you know, maybe a little bit easier to travel, a little bit more affordable for, for stays. Because mm -hmm. I know that that is a factor, you know, the conference itself is well-priced compared to all the other conferences out there, except for those yeah. big companies like Adobe and that they can, you know, subsidize it with hundreds of dollars of marketing uh, budget. But so, exactly. but it's yeah. funny that you bring, you bring that up about Sean, not, not, not really a big, being a, uh, uh, Cold Fusion primary uh, developer anymore was laughing. We're, we were out on the patio basically, and it was it was Sean, um, Adam Cameron, Brad, a whole bunch of people were out there just, just hanging out. A lot of people I had I didn't really know very well, so it was kind of cool. And I know Sean. I met Sean. I know Sean, um, Mike, but I didn't really know him well. Uh, so just kind of hearing him talk a little bit, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I like hang out with people." He goes, "I haven't done Cold Fusion in ten years, but I'm still here." And I'm looking at him, and I said, "Well." Sean, I got a question for you. <laughs> I like you being here. I think you're great. I love listening to what you know. You know what you're saying. I love your contribution to what you're saying. But I'm really curious. If you're not doing Cold Fusion. Why are you here? <laughs> and he basically says, "Well, in that case, I'm gonna." 
anyway, he wasn't he wasn't offended. It was just funny. But you're right. It is the community of people that he was that that was drawing him. He's really actively part of it. So yeah, it was kind of funny to your point. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know the speakers really well, but I mean, it's a smaller group after COVID. Not as many people are traveling, but you know, it's always one of those things. There's a ton of content not box related if you need it. And there's a lot of good people and they're doing interesting things and fun things. And, you know, we had a hackathon. Um, it wasn't as big as we wanted it to be. We had some, uh, some things to take care of, but happy box was a big success. There were people karaoke and the Salvadorian team got their dancing shoes on and the microphones out and we started karaoke and apparently it was such a success. They're going to do that next time, but there was still a, a good little group hacking. We made quite a few fixes on the, the QB and also QB, mm -hmm. CBQ, CBQ, the CBQ mm -hmm. issues that we, we looked at a little bit and saw, um, lock some of that stuff down after the conference. So version one and version two were released last week for CBQ. Um, mm -hmm. And then we did some work on the command box migrations. There was a, mm -hmm. something going on on windows machines. that was kind of weird. It was affecting max, but it wasn't so obvious. And so we got to the bottom of that and then, yeah. uh, and then Brad and, and Scott and Eric were hacking hard on trying to fix Eric's, you know, was SSH Z, Z shell or whatever. It was, they whatever. were doing a deep dive on something. I mean, they were like in the weeds, way down deep in the operating system, trying to figure out why Eric something wasn't wouldn't yeah. start. His Z yeah. shell. So basically, Eric's the only person in the world that still uses this combination of stuff, and they're trying to figure it out. But uh, we got to the bottom of a few things, but uh, yeah, that never came out. So, <laughs> but anyway, it it uh, it was pretty good. We got some stuff done there, and then we're you know we still had a uh, you know Whataburger at midnight or later, and then. Uh, <laughs> And Eric's like, oh, Max, use it by default. I'm just teasing them. So anyways, but it was it was good. Um, we had a good a good conference. And again, we'll talk about some of the releases starting uh, pretty much right yes. now. So Going for the keynote into, into releases, lots of releases. All right, so many of them, we're, we're still waiting on blogs and release notes for a lot of them. But basically, ITB, came, uh, the, on the announcements, um, Holdbox 7 is out officially. Command Box 5.9, Test Box 5, CB Wire 3. Uh, was released. Um, the uh, their new. I want. I almost said please for fun. CLIs <laughs> for test box and cold box. Um, still basically they're built. They're still built into uh, command box, but they're gonna have their own release cycles and so um, kind of separated out from being so integrated with command box. But they're still there. New releases for quick QB CBQ version one and version two. Uh, CB debugger content box six. Um, I think there was a couple more, but those are big ones. I mean, there was a lot that came out during during those keynotes. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we keep sure. trying to squeeze it into 50 minutes, and we just don't ever seem to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, we have a keynote on both days now, and it's still it's still a bit of a push sometimes. But there's exactly. just there's so much great stuff. And, I mean, we don't just release or talk about the releases. We talk about the what's happened in the year, too, like State of right. the Union. And it's great to see, you know, some some of the updates and the numbers and everything. And I really like the fact that we're getting better numbers for command box installs. And before we were we, we weren't getting all the installation details. We got a lot more from AWS now, and it yeah. shows that we're using way more way more people are using. It. I mean, we know because if Clutchbox has a blip, you know, mm -hmm. people tell you. But uh, it's just cool to see yeah. the numbers raising. And if you watch the keynotes, you'll see all those details. Um, yeah, Brad's basically saying how they basically kept um, adding everything from like the homebrew stats to who, you know what you know what hit uh, the S three. What was that one site that he was talking about? It was over one billion hits a month, and the and the whole cluster was being run. Uh, from command box. Yeah, so uh, Kai has a client that they don't want to be named, but they have uh, right. eight command box boxes and they're doing a billion requests a month or something. He said it was like 
four thousand a second or something across everything. Yeah, maybe more. I mean, you know, get the calculator out. Yeah, it makes a happy face, mm-hmm. as uh, Eric exactly. said. But just back to What's Eric cool real quick. Oh, Eric's just back to Eric real quick. He said he wanted everyone uses the the Z shell, but he's the only one that has custom aliases, and custom aliases is the issue with all of that. So, all right, cool. Oh, just a quick thing about that, because, I mean, obviously, there was Into the Box, and we're sitting here talking about all these releases and everything else, and it's easy. This is the Ordis podcast, and it sounds like we're just patting ourselves in the back. There's a lot of cool stuff. But one of the key things I like about this is I think every single one of those packages that went out had contributions from the community. It wasn't just Ordis people putting it together. Um, I mean, Luis was giving shout-outs to, like, Giancarlo. He gave some to, um, to, uh, to Scott. I mean, it was such a wide variety of people um that all contributed to every single one of those and just thanks for that because it sounds like we're kind of tooting our own horn but really it's a community effort that just happens sometimes to get funneled through through wordis and stuff through this stuff but so thanks to everyone that contributed it was a lot of people yeah for sure and obviously we had a lot of speakers there outside of Ordis. so it's Mm kind of nice like some of us weren't doing three sessions each you know i mean some of us were but uh, i only did one session this year and helped with the workshop and previously you know you'd have a few more but yeah, we're getting more and more uh, people from outside of Otis. And see, it's hard because especially when we hire everybody from you know the community, we keep absorbing them into Otis as we keep growing and growing. <laughs> so it's it's hard to, to have a good number of speakers, but we had plenty. So there were some really great yeah, sessions. Really. So it's good. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric, <laughs> sorry, G, G said, Giancarlo JC said he was a little too happy due to Happy Box. He wanted to see uh, about the, the hackathon stuff too, but... Some people just having too much fun. So that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Well, Cobalt 7 was released, like we mentioned. Um, so some big updates there. So it's got engine support. It's got the new Cobalt uh, CLI wirebox updates. And some of the big stuff there was like the transient request cache to really speed up all of the object creation that we do. Delegators, uh, property observers, lazy properties, um, on injection missing dependency events now, which is going to be way way more helpful population uh enhancements including mass assignment protection hierarchical injectors from module dependencies this one might cause a few problems but it does have some really cool things that it solves so uh, i'm really excited to see that working but module config object override files to try and break up your uh, call box config into smaller files make it easier to manage app mode helpers redirect back included as a back daytime helpers whoops upgrades oh man there's just so many jason pretty printing on logbox output uh just just it goes on and on and on so uh go check out the link that i posted uh, and find out more about what's in there next yeah which is pretty <laughs> cool then cb wire 3.0 just came out well that was interesting uh so so uh cb wire it basically has over 19 enhancements bug fixes improved documentation those of you that don't know cb wire is an implementation of basically it's a way of uh, rendering html on the server and have it come back and show up in the browser um <laughs> Based on, was, is it Hotwire or Livewire? I think it's Livewire. Uh, Livewire under the covers, yep. Livewire under the covers and stuff, which is really cool because one of the other things that was um, that was uh, talked about um, with the cold box release had to do with observation patterns where basically you can do like event-oriented programming and stuff in the cold fusion back end. And I was talking to Grant, and he goes, there may be a way to actually have one thing over here the server make some changes have an observer hit it and have and then have it impact another part of a uh, an app when loading up separately i i have this vague idea of how we can do it and stuff but not quite web sockets but maybe a different thing without, without having to go to the web socket route 
I still need to put that together, but I think there's potential there. But CB Wire looks amazing. I need to play with it. But uh, yeah, CB Wire One was big on just getting getting it working and getting mm -hmm. you know some of the core features. CB Wire Two had a whole bunch of additional you know features and add-ons to bring it up to speed with the, the all the other live wire implementations out there. And then CB Wire Three, this is where Grant took all the feedback from everyone in the first two versions you know, and myself included, and it's like, what can we make it easier for people to sort of, you know, onboard with this, you know, because it's, it's a little different than we're used to. So he worked yeah. through a bunch of different things and now he has like single file uh, components. So the wire itself has the sort of the backing connector code as well as the fronting code. So it just makes it easy to find a single location. And he's got all these extra features. That, and if you, someone's using Vue.js or, uh, you know, Alpine type stuff, it's got a lot of the same things. And, you know, remember CB wire is built on Livewire and the same person who wrote Livewire built Alpine.js to give you the extra functionality. So CBWire, Alpine work together great, and you know it can really allow you to sprinkle in some goodness without having to create a whole API. And that's sort of the beauty is, you know, the API piece of it can still be a normal handler very simply, and right. it, it works really well. So definitely highly recommend CBWire. He has a ton of great examples in his documentation. Grant's laid it out to be a really user-friendly and developer-friendly approach to learning it too. So definitely check that out super cool i mean if you don't have a whole api built this could be the way that you you know you add that interactivity without going to the whole api route and for those things that need it great but if you just need a little bit of interactivity cb wire is a great way to do that cool okay so we had testbox 5 released too so testbox 5 has a, a bunch of new stuff and um i believe that's running in the Coldbox 7 route and so with that all the testbox uh testbox sorry all the cold box uh, efficiencies and performance gains gets translated into test box so in test box there's a bunch of things under the covers that it's running tests individually loading files all the stuff and so all of that stuff obviously um makes way faster now that Coldbox 7 is in there too so um you know better code coverage we got the best supporting thanks to michael Bourne for happening with that so you can run different runs of your tests different pieces and then combine the batch coverage together a lot of cool stuff and at the conference we actually announced tide or test box ide as uh, as me came up with the name i thought it was pretty funny like keep your code clean with tide but test box ide is a, a approach we're working on to basically make it even better runner and so you can you know organize your code uh, group things test runs together collections see the history so things improving over time all sorts of cool stuff should give a little demo of what it's going to look like we got to build it still but uh the the front end looks amazing and we're excited for that i'm a little embarrassed to say how long it took me to figure out that it was tied was test box ide like i think it was my second time watching the presentation like oh got it it did take a while a for, slow. for everybody i think but it's okay we, we all got there eventually so i do like it though it's a cool name yep for sure mm -hmm. and uh so yeah with that um we also have fusion reactor 10 was released may 18th so this is outside of itb but it's still an important release um so fusion reactor 10 released and then charlie has a full write-up um he, he did say in this little article, I don't want to call it just plumbing. The folks have their reason to regard it as a new and changed features or in a major upgrade. So same for reasons is probably backwards compatibility type stuff, but they've got an update out there. So Charlie's got the docs explaining it all. Fusion Rector has all the release notes too. So good stuff to, to get out there. So Fusion Rector is a great product. Um, so keep on using it. Great. Agreed, agreed. All right, so two CLIs were pleased, um, uh, released the Coldbox CLI 1.x, basically 1.0, and the Testbox. What the idea here basically is that they wanted to separate out the development of this of the specific Testbox 
namespace in the command box um, commands to their own release cycle. I'm not having just tied to have like new versions come out whenever command box does. Um, so it is, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, basically, it's just it's it's everything from scaffolding new sites to creating creating tests, creating modules, creating um, everything that you could do with it now. Um, but there is uh, basically it now has a life of its own in, in both situations. Uh, the test box CLI um, running tests. Uh, basically, I didn't quite hear all the new stuff that was in there, but it basically was like creating tests, running tests, generating reports um, with either either less commands. Some of them were combined a little bit. And uh, yeah, so it's on it. But the big thing was that it was on its own um, its own release cycle. So that way they can do up, um, updates a little bit quicker. Cool. Yep. And then we had the new Autos-supported ORM extension for Lucy. So uh, Autos has finally taken over the, the, well, not taken over, but we basically forked the the ORM extension. Michael Bourne's done a lot of work. Uh, obviously, we love ORM at uh, Autos. We use it a lot. Uh, not all of our projects do. We use Quick and uh, QB for a lot of things too. But um, Hibernate is very important. And so uh, we're taking over and created our own uh, extension. So the order supported ORM extension for Lucy is available. Uh, we got more information coming on that very soon, but not only did we basically get it up and compatible, we've also added a bunch of new features. Michael Bourne was releasing them last week. During the keynote practice, he was releasing new stuff in the Slack channels. We're like, man, we have to keep updating these slides. So okay. a lot of great stuff going in there and you do get the support of orders behind it too. So if something has, if you have issues installing it or configuring it, or if there's problems, you know, like we're there to support it. And that's uh, one of the reasons we took it over because we wanted to have more control of that. And uh, if it's a core com competency of your business, like it is for us, we need to have more control over it. And so that's what we're doing. So uh, that blog post will be coming soon, but I just wanted to mention that is out and, and I know a lot of people are excited about that. So, and one thing we missed actually in the whole list of updates, I forgot a couple more. One, uh, we forgot that Content Box Six um, was a uh, was released. Basically, talked about um, another thing. Actually, I think uh, there's a whole thing. I don't know if there's a new version of CB Playwright, but I know that we've been that uh, Eric has really been pushing that as a lot as a tool, um, which is really kind of cool. So, but yeah. the Content Box Six, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if we'd actually released that version, if it was about to be released or not. So that's you know that's why I didn't put too much detail on it. Again, a lot of this stuff is coming out so fast, we just don't have time to get all the blog posts out. So we'll probably be uh, giving you more details as the blog posts come out in the next week or so, and any change log information. But uh, yeah, lots of great things coming out. Um, so try them out, test them out. Uh, you know, give it a go and give us that feedback. And uh, again, it's a lot of cool stuff and. Yeah, excited to, to see things moving forward. True. Content Boss 6. Either already out or coming soon. You decide. Yeah, we can probably look it up. We will when we do the Forgeboss stuff, maybe. <laughs> but let's talk about webinars, meetups, and workshops. So obviously, Go we just it. had um, a big big conference so that kept everybody pretty busy from the orders team but we did have something today which you would have been watching already from mark the adobe road to fortuna series cold fusion well, 2023 and, here, but okay yeah in docker on the google cloud platform but that was postponed so this should be um maybe in maybe in june now so he said he's going to push it back a month uh he said there was some unforeseeable problems complications uh i know that he's Northern California, maybe he had some issues. I know that uh, Eric in Utah had some internet issues, so he wasn't able to host yeah. today. So, you know, the the monsters are out there eating internet. Um, who knows? But I know that he's got a lot of great stuff. Now that it's released, they're going to have a lot more 
content out there. Yeah. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, we'll be coming back with our, you know, webinars and stuff starting in June. Uh, and I know that the, the Sacramento Interactive has some stuff coming up soon and the CFUG, if you go on the Facebook group on, uh, highly recommend that because the mid Michigan CFUG, uh, comes out there and actually, I think just looking the, was it Jim that runs that? I was trying to find, sorry, I'm going to look it up real quick because we need to give a happy birthday to, uh, Rick, Rick Mason. Uh, he's the one that's been running. He's been running it for like 23 years for Ben Michigan. Wow, that's cool. C5, and he's still going strong. There aren't too many that are still going these days, but his is so happy birthday, Rick. If you're out there watching, uh, definitely a good one here. Um, and so, Gary City. We have it on good authority from Gary Knight in the chat that basically Cold Box Six, our content box six, is probably early June. That was announced announced during the workshop. Cool. So I knew it was close, but I wasn't sure it was quite out yet. So thanks for correcting us there. But uh again, if you guys know of workshops and, and meetups and everything coming up, uh just ping us on Twitter or you know, send us a message and we'll try and get these in these notes. But right now the end of May, which is only a week left, man, it's going fast. Uh no more meetups this month, but we will get the dates for everything coming up next month, June, very soon. CFCast. Well, CFCast.com is the place for all your CFML content, not just box-related stuff, too. We got a lot of non-box stuff. And uh, we got some recent releases, and those main ones are the 2023 Forgebox Module of the Week series. We got a new video there, and the VS Code Hint, Tip, and Trick of the Week video. And then we got some new stuff just added, right? Yeah, just added. We basically put in um, the 2019 box videos. Now, just to make sure that we're clear on this we're going backwards on the end of the box so 20 2022 2021 2020 we're already in the system now 2019 has been on on been added in and gavin you do a lot of that editing and uploading stuff so that's kind of that's uh that, that that's a huge job that you do that's awesome well sometimes sometimes it's it's there we have a vimeo you know workshop stuff and we're kind of like switching stuff more over to cfcast because obviously cfcast hasn't been around that long but there's tons of great content there a lot of it is free some of it is paid uh, and with your subscription you get most of the content um included but coming soon um, we have a special into the box 2023 video package that will be released soon and that will be an exclusive premium package so this is something that we're doing um for some exclusive content so subscribers will get that content after about six months of that exclusive window so if you want the into the box videos if you attended you will get them included because that's part of your your conference attending fee um, if you did not attend you'll be able to purchase that and we'll have the pricing information available soon but that will be an exclusive premium package so even though you're a subscriber you don't get that you will get it soon like i said probably um you know christmas time you'll get all that content and we want to make sure that we're giving enough content to subscribers but um into the box video stuff. There's a lot of work that goes into that and a lot of, you know, stuff. So, and it's, I mean, it's great content. So it's worth a little bit of extra money to get that. If you're okay waiting, that's cool too. Then you will get access to all that information. But again, there's a lot of great content there. There's all the webinars that are free. There's all the into the box stuff, which is free and paid. But so that will be coming soon. We're working on all the editing. We didn't do it live because of all the complications with trying to manage who's in the room and not and, and hosts and everything. We recorded it. Um, so we're just going to go through, clean it up, and get it ready to post. Um, so that made life much easier on our side. Um, so we wanted to, to let you guys know we did record it. Um, the hands-on sessions, we'll probably turn those into webinars so shortly. So we did not record um, all of those hands-on. Um, but 
we will be uh, releasing all the normal sessions and hopefully webinars or CFcast videos for those hands-ons. Now they've given them a couple of times, they should be perfect when they do them online. Also, also, as we talk about every week on the podcast, we have Forgebox and VS Code hint tip tricks. We release those as little snippets, so you can just get those as a little collection. Eric will be doing some Coldbox Elixir posts, and he's going to work on cbinertia.js stuff as well. And then uh, Dan posts in here, 10 testing techniques by Dan, <laughs> and then some feature testing development with Docker by Dan. So lots of cool content coming this way. Uh, obviously, we're just all trying to play catch up after the box, but we do have some stuff coming out soon. Um, if you did miss it, Brad had a ton of command box videos. Um, so I think he had 27 or 37 videos on what's new in command box 5X, and I think you just released 5.9, so more coming your way, and 6.0 is probably gonna be around the corner too. Whew. Well, lots of stuff in CFcast. There's a lot. You know, we didn't actually highlight this. So you're just going to keep going. You have the next 10 stories. Have a good time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's get into con- box, uh, sorry, conferences and trainings. And so, obviously, into the box last week, uh, huge success. It was in person only. We had a, a decent number, more than last year. So we're building up again after COVID. The travel restrictions are slowly opening, and we're hoping to get more and more people next year. Uh, and again, just to mention, we're looking at similar timeline, so basically a week or so after Mother's Day in May, and uh, we're looking at possibly Chicago or Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually released dates, didn't we? Uh, we did, but those dates are you know based on the fact that if we, we stay in Houston, so we moved to Chicago, we want to try and be somewhere nice. around there. So again, gotcha. 15th, 16th, 17th, around the same time next mm-hmm. year, but um, we're, we're going to be doing some research and just see if it's better to move to a different hub or not. Um, I said, we like Houston, we like the venue, um, but it's one of those things is, you know, a lot of people come and if they've got to, you know, travel, maybe, you know, a lot of people who are traveling into Houston, it's a hub, but not necessarily for all airlines. And so some people have to take a couple of Tic Tacs. So if we did something more like Chicago, it's still open, it's easier, closer to the East Coast for anyone coming from Europe. Um, you know, it's got a bigger hub for a lot of things. And obviously, it's a, it's a big city. If we find a nice area of it that we have more hotel options around it, uh, we could do some some good options there. David, I think that was the key part, finding a nice area of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I went for Chicago land. That was a joke. Don't kill me. But it's Talk also also much easier to drive. I mean, obviously, Texas is a big state. And we're in the bottom half of it. So if you live in Texas, it's great. But we moved to Chicago. Uh, and I know, like, John is in driving distance. Ellen is in driving distance. Kurt and uh, Nathaniel, who came back from computer know-how, are in driving distance. Mm-hmm. So there'll be more willing to make the drive cool. somewhere like there. Them. The other great people. That's the, mm-hmm. the first people I met when I first started Coldbox. I walked into the room. I met Brad and Luis and Kurt and Nathaniel and Seth, who, who wasn't able to make it. But if we were closer, he might be able to. Um, but so it's a, it's a good central location. And of course, David said, California is very central. I'm like, well, you know, we have CF Summit in Vegas and Vegas is another venue, but we don't want to have two conferences in the same venue or the same vicinity. So we're kind of trying to make it over there. Um, Pete said, you know, one plus for Chicago, because I know he comes from New York. And so it's easy to get to Chicago. And again, I'd hope we can get more people from Europe as we start to travel more. And I think Chicago is kind of on that side. Anyway, we're looking at the options. Speaking of Europe, I'm sorry, yeah. I have to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Europe, we did have the Adam Cameron in uh, in person at the conference too, so it was good to have him there. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of time speaking with him, you know, and talking about, you know, all sorts of different things. He's a big tester. He he's already rolled out Testbox Five for all of his applications. He found one bug in Testbox Five, and Luis fixed it 
right away. So it's great to have him still working in the language. You know, they are, his company is migrating away from it slowly, but, uh, you know, we still do a lot with Cold Fusion and he helps with, even if he doesn't use it, he helps with Adobe Cold Fusion, um, you know, testing and everything else and filing bugs. And I mean, he's very thorough and it was great to have him. We caught up and spent a lot of time chit chatting with him about everything. And, you know, it's, it's a great thing. And so, uh, yeah, it was good to have him there for the 10th special. So, Okay, anyway, enough about Into the Box. So we also have a, a Vue.js Vue conf this week. So ViewConf US is in New Orleans, uh, 24th through the 26th. So Jazz Code View. And then if you guys want to check that out, May 24th tomorrow is a workshop day. Main conference is 25th and 26th. And if you guys uh, do, I think they do have online versions available. Um, it's one of those things we need to try and uh, get to some of these. We got a lot of people in the CFML community. We should try and like figure out, okay, let, let's try and make one of these conferences. Obviously that's very close to ITB, but we should try and do that. That way we get a, a group of people. We can hang out at the conference, do, learn some cool new stuff, but just another way to meet up with ColdFusion developers. Cause I really miss that. You know, we need to see each other more. That's great catching up. And again, this one's a little close, but there's a couple other ones coming up. Um, so just remember though, a JavaScript conference is about a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks a day. So, like the one in California I was looking at was like three grand for two days, not even including workshops. So, when we say that we work hard to keep the price low for our conferences, we ain't joking. Um, but anyway, if we can try and get to some, I know that that conference that uh, Daniel is speaking at later in the year, uh, they have like a family thing where a resort and everything. So, we try and find some family fun ones we can sort of make it worthwhile. So. Okay, JC said Chicago, Boston. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I like that Boston idea. You know, it'd be like a like a twenty minute commute for me, yeah. and it's a great area, just in general. Uh, cool. Well, this is actually what I meant by uh, by Europe, but I, I think it was kind of cool that that uh, that uh, Gavin talked about um, Adam Cameron being there, which was a lot of fun. And every now and then, Adam, you exemplify, you personify Europe for all of us. I want to thank you for that. But coming up also in Europe, in Munich, uh, June twenty first to twenty third. The actual conference is on 20, the 22nd and the 23rd, but CF Camp, um, it is in Munich at the at the Marriott Hotel Munich Airport in Freising. Bunch of great sessions, uh, some good speakers. Ordis is actually putting on uh, four trainings the day before. So on June 21st, we have four things that we're offering. Uh, uh, getting started with BDD and TDD, um, Cold Box 7, uh, From Zero to Hero. We have a legacy code conversion to the modern world. Uh, command box server and then you know, a, a fourth one is command box server deployment for the modern age uh which is being done by brad and i'm sure that he'll highlight a lot of the uh the new features which is the multi-host tenancy and all kinds of stuff uh luis is doing the cold box seven from zero to hero eric is doing test box getting started and uh i am running the legacy code conversion to the modern world that actually so, reminds us of, I, I forgot to say it from the keynote we talked about some of those command box pro features and so command box mm -hmm. will always be open source and freely available but some government agencies and some big companies they require a professional version with slas for support so we're releasing a command box pro version which has that there'll be a couple of small features that'll be you know only really relevant to bigger companies anyway that'll require it to be paid but you know we still have the free play with it tested out um mode but yeah, sorry, just that made me think of that. We didn't mention that earlier, so now we true. We didn't, didn't continue. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to CF Camp. A number of good speakers. A lot of topics, cold fusion oriented, but also stuff like incident management. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, to Kai's presentation on like diving deep into errors because uh, they 
it, it's funny airing it seems like it's simple it's like it broke it throws an error but the layers that it has to go through to actually get up to the surface and things that can stop it and hide it and everything else is kind of crazy he did a a, a similar topic i think it at um into the box last fall um which was like a precursor i think um and it was it was fascinating and really helpful for me at the time uh eric is speaking at um playwright uh, at cf camp say what yep eric speaking on um, playwright eric mm-hmm. uh sorry luis talking about cp security um obviously there's a lot of other good speakers here i'm just trying to see anyone's else. so eric's also speaking about Vue.js and inertia so that's another one and then charlie's speaking about hidden gems um richard mm-hmm. herbert's talking about multi-context lucy with command box and mod cfml exactly. zach talking about server code um mm-hmm. there's one incident management that i was talking about and then uh some things on massa yeah mm-hmm. oh we're going to have Mark Drew there talking about ma- uh, massive tasks, scaling the Lucy's task event gateways and Kubernetes. Brad mm-hmm. talking about passing up the salt with pass, uh, server passwords side of entropy. You're talking about React and CFML, a natural fit. Um, I yeah. don't know if I believe that, but I'll have to see it to, to believe it, I guess. <laughs> it <is. laughs> I promise. I have real world proof. Yep. And then, yeah, so a lot of good stuff in here. And again, some faces that we recognize like Nolan and, you know, David Tattersall and then some new ones as well. So it's a lot of great is content. That- I think I think Pete's in the chat, but is that twenty five uh, code things? Uh, is that you, Pete, or I, I, was it a name bio? That's why I was curious. I think it most is dangerous maybe, software weaknesses in CFML. I, I think that is he did. Um, it was pretty similar to the name that we had in into the box. So gotcha. maybe he's just missing the picture here. So maybe they've got a bad picture or they're redoing it or something. But right, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, for those who are listening, we're showing the screen. So there we yes. go. Good point. Yes, <laughs> nodding your head over a phone call not helpful. Visuals over the audio thing. Again, not helpful. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Okay. Well, we have that conference. And you're going to say, what conference? And I said that conference. So I'll share my screen again for those. But that conference is a four-day summer camp for developers passionate about learning all things mobile, web, cloud, and technology. Um, and I will not subscribe right now. But uh, they have a, a pretty cool conference. Full stack, tech-obsessed conference for the fun-loving humans. They have the whole camping sort of vibe, you know. And so you got camper tickets. And so they do, you know, three day camp with no food, four days for everything. They have family campers. So, you know, you can actually bring yeah. your kids and your you know, your partner and their wife. I would bring my wife, but a lot of people would bring their partner. Um, but yeah, family campers can come across and then they get to go to the pig roast. They have a bacon buffet with a pig roast. What? Like, they didn't tell me about that. They told me about the water park party. I'm like, that's pretty yeah. cool. Once they said the bacon buffet, I'm like, Okay, why don't you say that right, first? That sounds great. <laughs> yep. But uh, mm-hmm. family sessions, and actually Daniel Garcia's son is going to be talking about Rubik's Cubes in the family session. He actually got approved as a kid speaker, which is super mm-hmm. cool. And then Daniel is speaking as well. Um, so super cool there. Um, but yeah, a lot I of I also lot think of that options. Daniel's wife is speaking in the in the family track as well. Yeah, I know uh, that she sent something in. I, I haven't heard that yet, but it's possible. Um, but again, okay. it's, it's super cool. But they have it at a resort that has a water park mm-hmm. built in, you know, so... It's just, mm-hmm. it's a cool thing. Lots of great speakers, a lot of great content. Um, and yeah. every year it conflicts with one of my, uh, one of my family events. We do a water polo junior Olympics with the kids and it keeps oh, con- gosh, conflicting. Cool. So I need to make it so it works. So next year I'm going to have to tell the Olympic committee to move the, the tournament, but I'm going to you know, that, submit that at least. That is pretty inconsiderate of them to have it during that conference. I agree. Yep. And they do have other stuff too. Um, so it's kind of cool. They actually have one out in Texas, um, but that conference is one that the computer know-how guys go to as well. So like Kurt and them. And uh, yeah, so here's some dates in here for, you know, pre-conference and ticket blocks. And this is kind of nice to have the dates you need to know. 
Maybe we should uh, do that. Scott's saying, which conference? That conference. Seriously, it's called that.us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot of good sponsors, a lot of good speakers, um, etc. So very, very cool. And yeah, they have other events in other states and different things. And really cool. I mean, that's how we actually, uh, Daniel met the guy from Ingrock. And he was actually, he came and presented about OAuth at um, Into the Box. You know, so we were making connections too. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's cool to get out there to other conferences outside the CFML bubble, meet other people, other technologies, because mm -hmm. we use a lot of other technologies. And so that was one of the ideas too, is for next year ITB to to maybe make a you know a set of sessions which are you know strictly non CFML content. So obviously they would be interfacing with them, but it's nice to have other stuff there too available for everybody. Plus, no one language actually has, or one language community has a monopoly on, on on how to do things. So we like how we do things and everything else, but also there's cross pollination that happens everywhere. I mean, we take ideas from Laravel. We kind of, you know, we've communicated CF dump things to a bunch of other ones, and you know, it's good. I guess it's part of like a, I don't know, being a citizen of the tech world, not just as people, but as a community and a language. Yeah, for kind sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also coming up, this is coming up in a while anyway. The second through fourth of October. Uh, is Adobe CF Summit West. Uh, session passes are $99. Professional passes are $199. I don't quite know the difference between those two things, but I'm sure that there's a very very significant one. Professional passes um, include the certification for the Adobe um, professional certification, which is the final, mm -hmm. the fifth, third day, sorry. The third day mm -hmm. in there um, is, yeah, one day training and uh, the test, and you actually get a yeah. bunch of content beforehand, which I went through it all last year. Me and Daniel went and got our certification. Uh, Sean Odom was there. He got his as well, and quite a few other people um, from the community were there. So anyway, keep going. <laughs> Raw Summit Contest, basically, is supposed to gather in at least three of the photos on the website for the conference. So if you can find him, uh, you will win bragging rights, I suppose. Um, you can use command box. Prizes and stuff, yeah, but. call box for free. Yeah, we will give you a version of we will give you a copy of the open source version of Command Box for free. Now, this is that the call for speakers is open. So if anyone's interested, just drop a uh, drop an idea. Now it says only till May thirty first. I mean, is that the call the speakers is open? Um, then? No, that's for the the pricing so let me actually pull it up real oh quick. the pricing goes through there okay my bad yeah, yeah to be honest last the year price. they they left the early bird up a little longer um okay but basically they they throttle it to get the number they want they want a certain number and they keep it keep it as low as they can to get there so usually they sort of cap out about 500 people or so but early bird passes are 99 dollars until may 31st so um I would grab it, even if you're thinking you might speak there, for 99 bucks, that covers your food, breakfast, and lunch for two days, and you have great content. Definitely recommend it. And Adobe always steps it up on release year. So it's a release year. Yeah. They're going to have even bigger, better parties, more things going on, more bits and pieces. So again, I, uh, I won't show you which one's which, where we are in these pitches, but it's the back of the Mirage. So we're going to be back there. And then... Um, Audis is going to do a training. Um, we're trying to get the dates solidified, you know, it's solidified. It's really hard to do that with Vegas because everybody wants you to fill out 300 forms to get anything uh, quoted. But we will be uh, we will be doing a, a cold box zero to hero training. Uh, you see, if some usually is a little lower, um, more entry level um, information. It's not always, but usually there's you know 500 people every year and 450 people I've never seen before half the time. They're all new right. developers. And so we have a lot of people there. Uh, it's great to, to see everyone. There will be the, the regulars as well. Um, so me and Luis are going to be running that training. We're planning on uh, being there. And actually, 
maybe we should ask people, do you guys prefer to have the Saturday, Sunday training beforehand, or do you prefer to have the, the sort of the Wednesday, Thursday training after the conference? Uh, we're looking at both sets of options, depending on, uh, you know, location and pricing, we're trying to make it affordable. Um, that's always the, the trick is because all the, the business venues close on the weekend and you know, the, the ones during the week, uh, you have to find a hotel that doesn't have a full conference room set up. And a lot of times it's pretty busy, but we are working on getting that now that we have the dates. So uh, let us know if you prefer weekends or weekdays and, uh, but yeah, cold box zero to hero, you know, if you've gone through it and you've seen it and done it great. Uh, if you haven't, um, you know, that's a great way to start cold box stuff. You get to know, Everything is two-day workshop, which gives you more time to do everything, and we really get into a lot of detail. Now, if you have done it, maybe there's some developer friends that you think should be taking it. You know, spread the word. So, all yep. right. And for these and other conferences that you may be interested in, there is always comps.tech. This site has a huge list of conferences for almost any language community, and we'll put that up there. Very cool. Okay, we're going a little long because we're talking so much, but lots of great content. We kind of have to probably zap through Get it these. a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> yep, we'll zap through these blogs a little faster. So, um, mm. yeah, first up, we have Ben Adele using Snug Bug Snag as a server side logging service in Cold Fusion. So that one there, I'm posting right now for you guys. But uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I think Michael Bourne created a, a plugin on Forgebox for it if you're using it. Um, so you can use that from Coldbox. But yeah, so he's basically built this here. And he, they do have a free tier, so he signed up to try it out and he got everything up and running. So it's a, it's a pretty cool little setup there. And obviously, we talked about some of these other things. We can really zap through right. some of them here. You want to tell us the next one? Yeah, Testbox 5 was released, as we've said a couple times. But here's the actual blog post to go look at it. Um, yeah, check out the order solution blog, a blog that talks more about everything it covers. Yep. And then next up, we actually have one from Brian, Brian, I think it's Brian Riley. Um, he's the Hoya Hexa guy. Um, but he spoke at CF Summit East. And so when he was there, he talked about encryption and they were talking about the CFMX compatibility algorithm and the encrypt function, you know, way back in Cold Fusion 4, uh, and that. CFMX Compat was the only algorithm available essentially, and so they've added more and more things. And basically, most developers don't know, or hopefully they know, but yeah, don't use it basically. And so he talks about uh, you know different bits and pieces and breaking down. And so again, security is important. We all need to know it. It's not something we can just patch on at the end of the day, right? We should probably be doing it from the start. So if, you know, there's certain things we should avoid. So definitely recommend this blog post to getting in there. Um, otherwise Pete will come get you. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those, one of those great blog posts. Security stuff I think is more and more important and we need to get more people, uh, doing that from day one. Yeah. Okay. No, true. And then, uh, we did have Nolan talk about speaking into the box 2023. So, um, we, we'll skip over that one pretty quickly, but he did blog about that. So, um, and for that, we say thank you. I'm glad you're there. Nolan. It's good seeing you. Yep, and he spoke as well, obviously, and he's always a, a big promoter of Cold Fusion and great to have him there. Yeah, that was cool. All right, moving on to um, some from uh, more about Ben Nadell. So Ben is kind of have a, has an ongoing series about using JSoup, and this is some of his findings and stuff as he goes through. So he has two. Um, one of them had to do with using JSoup and embedding uh, J uh, GitHub gists into his website, and he kind of goes through a process where he had to kind of, kind of decode a little bit. 
But the one that's up on the screen now is about maintaining white space using JSoup and Cold Fusion. This is one of those things that I think is fascinating how you have front end and front end uh, development with things like CSS, JavaScript, HTML, uh, and the back end development, and how to transport one to the other. We sometimes have to figure out kind of ways of bridging that gap. So the problem here was basically that JSoup was not picking up some of the CSS, and he talks about how to actually do that. And he found out that by tweaking the JavaScript settings, he actually could bring in some things like um, like uh, white space and everything else without CSS being read, which was kind of fascinating. Um, so if you want to have any more information about that, go check it out. Um, and then the other one that I said, importing the gists into his uh, site using JSoup um, was interesting. And actually just some of the process, uh, the processes that he, go, that he went through um, sort of a little bit of a contortioning, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I actually want to yeah. use that for a class I teach. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, that's one thing about Ben. He always wants to understand it. He wants to dive into it and, and learn. And so usually he does exactly that. And that's why I always like his, his stuff. Sometimes i got to watch a video to keep, sort of get my head wrapped around it because there's a lot of stuff right. in there. <laughs> but, uh, but, but very cool. We had another one from Adobe, obviously introducing the release of 2023. Um, so we have that one there and we had Luis's, um, on cold box seven. So the, we have the blog post about that. So I'll share that link as well. And then, uh, next up we have the one that we just talked about for Ben Adele, cause he had uh, a little series as we mentioned, again, we're kind of flying through these, but then, um, you know, Nolan talked about the sessions he wanted to go to it into the box as well. He released that one. And then this one, I'm actually going to share my screen. I'll let you talk about it a little bit while I get that ready. But uh, Charlie sort of broke down the Coldbox, uh, sorry, Coldbox, Adobe CF2023 release. And I think that's worth taking a little bit more time into that. So, Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't uh, have a lot of the details on, on 2023 yet. I was kind of getting ready for the ITB and my head was down a little bit. But yeah, it is amazing to me how quickly... And I know that there's preview sessions and there's preview versions and everything else, but how quickly like Charlie and Pete and everything else go through a lot of the features and say, okay, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. This could be a problem. This is amazing. And this is actually how you can use it. I, I don't know. I think those guys are great. Yep. Um, also, oh, th- yeah, so that's okay. So uh, a big change is that uh, with 2023, they've been working hard to get Java 17 working. Um, it's not highlighted on their announcement page, but you know, um, yeah, it also talks a little bit about the the licensing changes or whatever, and the pricing has not changed since 2021, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah, so basically the Watts new doc here talks about some of the some of the new new features. I know that uh, certain people in the uh, community are not happy that none of the basically none of the features that are released are developer friendly features. You know, they're all more marketing things or they're not like language specific changes. You know, so. Right. That's that, but you know they're they're trying to they obviously got to appeal to the marketing people and they got to get stuff done for people. But you know I know that if you ask Brad what he wants, he's gonna want deeper Java integration so he can do the things you know that he wants to do because we can't do that. You know as developers we can build certain things, but there's certain things that the engine has to do and we want them to do more of that. But they right. did do a lot of uh, interesting things, you know. But and so a lot of people maybe working with GraphQL, you know, having a client for that is important. Mm-hmm other people they might not care so there's a lot of things in there again there are some bug fixes you know which are which are obviously always good to have them i think some mm-hmm. people said that they finally got notifications after years that bugs were finally closed um That's but yeah cool. but yep so they they have a, a lot of different stuff in here uh, you know so changing the os support so different servers are now available for support and that's one thing too with cold fusion 
if you're using certain things, they will help you a lot more than others. And so if you're using Adobe and you're paying for the license, it's, it's really key that you stay on hardware that they will support. So, yeah. And Not then, agreed. and then again, he goes through the details on, uh, the EULA licensing or whatever. Um, but basically here, the significant differences, instead of saying computer, it, you know, like what it defines here. So it looks like each virtual environment will be compounded as a separate computer. So when they talk about licensing for certain computers, you know, it's different. And also there's an instance means a single installation through hypervisor where hypervisor means software firmware. So they've gone through details. And I know that some people are just really struggling with the licensing and, you know, the whole contacting you. I know that there was a tweet over into the box about it and they were upset that Adobe, because they're using a SaaS business, you know, it had a lot more ramifications. And so if you're doing a SaaS, the licensing can be a lot more tricky to, to nail down. So, but again, Charlie goes into great detail on all this, um, you know, so definitely want to check, check this out if you are looking at uh, purchasing 2023 or migrating to it. Um, never go past Charlie's stuff. A lot of detail. Yep. Nope, that makes sense. That makes sense. Pretty much, pretty much most. I mean, pretty much everything Charlie says is pretty, pretty relevant. And on, and on. I mean, he's fantastic. Well, I remember we hired him uh, to help out with a, with a with a client a little while ago, and um, this is before I was with Ortis, and uh, I couldn't believe it. He actually diagnosed the problem. I think it was within twenty minutes. I mean, just the whole thing was just fixed. Yep. Really kind of cool. And the thing I like about Charlie too is he'll explain it. You know, he goes into great detail yes. in all his blog posts and everything else, but he doesn't want to just, you know, basically you pay him for his time to fix it. He actually explains why and how to prevent yeah. it and everything. So that way, you know, you're learning something from it. You know, he's, he knows he's get repeats customers by happy customers and he doesn't do much marketing. You know, he doesn't really, he doesn't go sponsor conferences and everything else. Most of the time you see him at a conference, he's actually helping someone like fusion Rector or one of the companies, you know, right. the, the tools that he uses, but he uses all the tools because he uses whatever the client has. And so, you know, he's, He's very busy on, you know, just supporting Cold Fusion developers. Um, but yeah, he does it because he does great service. He fixes it quickly. He educates you. He helps you, you know, and I think he even has a money back guarantee and he says he's never had to use it because no one's, you know, no one's ever complained because he does the job, does it well and explains it in yeah. details. And so, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moving on. We got mm -hmm. another one from Ben, right? We do. So that actually, this is what was really interesting. When I first saw the headline, I was like, why are you doing this? The title is C using CSS Flexbox to create a simple bar chart in Cold Fusion. At first, I wasn't quite sure what he meant, but the whole idea here is that usually when you're doing a bar chart or some other kind of graphing thing, you'd use a really robust library like D3 or some other JavaScript-based um, charting uh, tool. What we did with this, he basically was able to use CSS Flexbox and data that was coming from Cold Fusion. And Cold Fusion, the rendering of that data uh, converted basically used Flexbox to create the, the chart with zero JavaScript, um, which I thought well, was pretty fascinating. And the the how to and the details on there are in the blog, uh, and worth checking out if you do any kind of a visual, you know, you know, um, you know, visual layouts or graphing of data and everything else. It was really neat. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like you know Ben's detail, but Flexbox is something that you know we probably use a little bit, um, but we could probably use learn a lot more. Um, but Nolan did a, a CSS session as well at the end of the box. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that we had a session at the end of the box about it. Yep, for sure. 
Well, we also had Charlie uh, sharing his thoughts and information on the Fusion Reactor release. So again, we'll mm-hmm. just drop the link in that. We talked about that being released just recently. Version 10. Oh my gosh, they're up to version 10 already. It's crazy. And then uh, we also had Grant. So Grant talked about CB Wire 3.0 and everything that came with it. And we did a session on it, did a workshop on it. Um, so a lot of great stuff. And I heard he might be trying to put together um, the CF cast series on the cby workshop essentially so that might be coming very soon too so lots of cool stuff there lots of blogs tweets videos and all the rest let's move on to find a job yeah if you need some of the pay to do all the cool stuff that we were just talking about there are several job positions open uh first of all you can check out getcfmljobs.com uh that is yes get sorry my brain just all of a sudden just stopped working there um over 67 uh positions in 43 companies across 32 locations in five countries that was a lot of numbers in the, in the same sentence uh, a couple new new um, new jobs we have a full-time position uh this is a cold fusion programmer in tulsa oklahoma um uh didn't follow the link for like uh, the pay and stuff but one it, it, that's uh that that's a get to seasonal jobs as well we also need a remote um or we don't but a cold fusion engineer it says at remote that's in the u.s um doesn't really say where that's based yeah i'll, I'll open up the are... screen here i'm sure oh, yeah screen. there we go mm-hmm. so this one's shop.com so this is the market america people i think they own shop.com um okay but yeah they have they have different offices in a couple of different places i think they're in uh north carolina there's one in, uh, the java shop is in california so okay interesting and then we have a couple in India too. So, uh, Cold Fusion Lead and Poon Maharashtra. Mm-hmm. Ah, Maharashtra. And then a number of Cold Fusion developers. This, sometimes are the same links from different engines. So, this is a cool thing. You can go click this button right here and no charge, completely free, post your job. If you post them in other places, it does pull those in. Uh, so, a lot of these jobs are from Indeed or um, different providers. It scrapes those and pulls them in based on that. So, uh, again, it's a Cold Fusion site for Cold Fusion jobs. Um, post your jobs, look for jobs here. Um, nice to have a, a nice resource for that locally. Yeah. Speaking of it, actually having uh, uh, Yogesh, one of the sponsors, or, um, I think it was, a, it was not Lucid Consulting, but it's Lucid. Uh, his company, Lucid, um, is based in India. They do a lot of, of uh, Cold Fusion programming. He was actually at Into the Box. Yep. Um, so it was really good meeting him and talking to him a bit. And yeah. uh, he won the award for who came the uh, farthest to go to into the box. We figured India was probably as far away as you can possibly get. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was great to uh, meet him in person. He does a lot of stuff online. He does a lot of work for us, mm-hmm. um, the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I say us, <laughs> so there's right. a lot of content box themes out there that his company has created, and you know they're always contributing to you know the docs and CF docs and tickets here and issues there and they do a lot of great work for projects and we've you know we've used them and sort of companions for different projects across time as well so they do a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. and they don't just do cold fusion they do other things too they do some javascript stuff and so they, they do have a lot of good options they got a good team and uh yeah it's really good to, to meet yogesh and you know he was a sponsor so we again thank him for sponsoring itb and you guys should totally uh, look at look at his company as an, another option for outsourcing if you need additional team members or projects so yeah so apologies to yogesh i got i got i i knew i knew when i was saying it it was wrong it is not it's not loop but what i said before it's lucid outsourcing solutions i knew it wasn't lucid consulting there in australia but it's lucid outsourcing solutions and uh yeah he was an end of the box silver sponsor and adobe was official cf partner and uh oh. yeah okay let's talk about 
Forgebox module of the week, and this week we're going to be talking about a module that we've been using forever, you should be, Testbox. Mm -hmm. So we haven't covered this in a while, but with Testbox 5 coming out, I thought it was a good time to remind everybody and uh, put that there. So uh, obviously you do a lot of work with testing, and, uh, and one thing people forget, and I want to remind them, is you do not have to use Coldbox to use Testbox. Right. You can use Testbox to test your old CFML apps. I mean, to be honest, you could use Testbox mm -hmm. to test just JavaScript. You know, like you can use it to yeah. test your API. You can test it to do a lot of different things. It's just a testing library. And, you know, ColdFusion is obviously powerful enough to make HTTP calls and everything else. And Testbox does a lot of great things there. We've got CLI runners. We've got HTML runners. You can spit mm -hmm. out uh, JX unit tests when you're running tests in your pipelines. You can actually spit out an X unit test variable. So a lot of the units. Yeah or run uh, the XUnit stuff is in a lot of pipelines. So in your pipeline, it can show you the number of tests you had, successes, and our code coverage stuff can spit out that as well from Testbox. So in your pipeline, you can see your, your you know your test completions and everything else. You can run it from your command line in your browse and sorry in your VS Code with a Testbox Watcher. So we can actually watch mm -hmm. your code when your changes run your tests. You can run it in the browser. There's all sorts of stuff you can do. And again, Testbox IDE is coming soon too. So a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, highly recommend it. Should be testing your code. If you're doing it manually, you know, well, that's fine. But think about all the time you could save if you can automate some of it too. And I always say, at least have a sanity check, right? Can my code yeah. compile? If I hit my mm -hmm. CFC and it doesn't, you know, basically if I create my CFC and it compiles, that's like mm -hmm. one part of the puzzle. Like sometimes you copy paste something or, you know, you go to control save and you hit some other character, something weird gets in there. That syntax mm -hmm. is bad. You push that code. At least if you have a test on it, you'll know that it can compile. You know, you've got no right. syntax errors at least. <clears throat> and like, mm -hmm. even for some of legacy app, that, that little test can save you so much trouble. Mm -hmm. So highly recommend just getting something in there. Remember the more you do, if you add a little bit every day, you know, baby steps, you're always going to improve. It's incremental and you'll eventually get to the point where it's more and more useful and valuable to your company every day. And along with that, Testbox, what's kind of cool, yes, its primary focus is testing. But from a development point of view, and I'm not talking about write your test first development. I mean, that's that's a whole separate thing. What I mean is just the ability to run the function that you are working on in isolation uh, over and over again without having to go back to, back to the interface. Excuse me. Um, that's a huge part. I use I use Testbox for that a lot. Um, in a sense, I'm setting up a test for it, but really, it's a test that just runs the function so while I'm developing, and I can actually see what's happening, what, what's what's coming back from it. Um, so it's a development tool as well. Yeah, and that's that's the way I think of it too. Like you know, usually when you're programming a function, you think about okay, what are the possible you know. In, inputs and outputs this function can handle what's the happy path what's the sad path or the bad path right. you know and so those edge cases you know i'm always thinking about those edge cases so i make a test to hit those edge cases so i don't have to do it every single time for every single thing and it, it does make a big difference and like you say it may not be test driven development but usually if you are trying to hit those edge cases you will des design your code a little better you'll make sure that you cover it and it, it does help a lot so you know sure. TDD is hard for people to, to swallow and they think is waste a lot of time. I'm like, you think about how much time you waste when you're trying to test it manually. Because we are testing. We're just usually clicking around in the browser with our, with our mouse, right. hitting F5 a bunch. And, you know, again, if you're trying to mm -hmm. test that the, the password creates a user, or sorry, the function creates a user properly after you've logged in, 
you know, registered, you know, you're probably going to refresh your page, go to the registration page, fill out the details, hit the button, you know, and then you're like, oh, okay, that one worked. What if I put an email address that's already been in use? What if I use a username that's too short? Now you're testing. You're testing all those edge cases yourself manually. If you can automate most of those, you can still do your happy path test manually, but at least you've got all those weird edge cases covered. And, you know, yeah. So anyway, test box is great. We do a lot of work with it. Uh, if you look at it, the syntax looks like a lot like Jasmine. You know, we learn a lot of things from other great testing libraries out there. So start using it, even for something simple. And then, yeah, and as Eric puts, you can do awesome stuff like with CB Playwright where you're actually clicking around. So you can actually, Playwright can actually open up the browser, you know, it spins up the browser, the browser you want too, and then allows you to actually you know, click on a field, type something in, click on another field, type something in, hit the button, check that the title of the page is now, you know, that you've logged in successfully. You can look for a menu item to show that your favorites are showing or whatever. And CB Playwright is awesome. Cypress is good. CB Playwright's another level. Uh, I really love all the stuff that they're doing. And then Eric's brought that in to Testbox to make it easier for you to use in Testbox with CB Playwright. And so yep. it's, yeah, it's really cool. So check out Testbox easy way to get started we got lots of videos on it and everything else and we'll probably be doing some more so okay cool. moving Next. on to the vs code hint tips and trick of the week uh i don't know why i jumped in here i don't use vs code but basically the one for the week is the ssh preview the uh, uh the visual studio code remote module did i get that right yeah so this one here is uh something that and uh, know that a lot of people and not using as well as they probably should. So the cool thing about VS Code is they actually allow you to do some remote code editing. And sometimes, you know, you want to you want to spin up an environment, you're working on a certain project, but you don't want to have to install all the tools locally or all the extensions or any of that stuff. You can actually hook up VS Code remote to, to SSH into a box. So uh, Amazon has all these cool like remote developer to boxes. You could actually spin up a DigitalOcean box, essentially, that's the right, you know, like this is a production environment that I'm going to deploy to, you can actually spin up a cloud instance and basically put the code on there and then SSH in using VS Code and treat that like your developer box. So it's really hmm. cool that using SSH you can connect and it's like you're on the same machine. All the stuff is there. Um, the cool thing is that, you know, you can get a larger, faster machine and you basically treat your VS Code and your machine as like a client, like a thin client right. to a thicker server. Um, the cool thing is that way you can access it from wherever you need to. And a lot of people are doing those AWS uh, workstation type uh, mm -hmm. images now. Uh, a couple of clients, they would do that essentially, that you, you give you a laptop and then all the laptop does is allows you to connect to another machine elsewhere. Um, right. So, you know, it allows, allows you to debug applications running in a remote site, no source codes on your machine or whatever else. So for security reasons, some of those companies, they don't want it on your machine. So this allows them to, to keep that directly, you know, separated as well. Uh, it's cool though, because it works just, the VS Code works like it's on your machine, like the code is there and everything's there. So it's a really cool little tool. And again, it's, it's great for debugging too. If you ever need to like, you know, why is my staging server not behaving the way I want to? You know, obviously you could, uh, you know, SSH in and do some work there, but usually refrain from that as much as possible. But just as a developer, there's a lot of cool options with it. So yep. Visual Studio Code, Remote SSH, and it is a preview, but it's by Microsoft. And they even have another one, which is uh, SSH editing configuration files function. So I think that allows you to SSH in or con change configuration files that you need to SSH into, but they do go together. And it's a pretty cool little extension. So there you go. That's good. 
VS Code, hint, tip and trick of the week for you, remote SSH with VS Code. Sweet. Coming soon to a CF cast near you. Well, thank you for uh, tuning in with us today. Thank you for all of our Patreon supporters. This has been a, a really good hour. I had a good time. Thank you. Uh, thank you to, to our Patreon supporters. These individuals are personally supporting our open source initiatives to ensure the great toolings like Command Box, Forge Box, Cold Box, Content Box, Test Box, and all the other boxes that keep getting the continuous development that they need and funds the cloud infrastructure at our that our community relies on, like ForgeBox for our package management and command box. What we didn't we didn't actually say what our word for the week was for our Patreons. It is yeah. proficient. That might have been last week's. So I don't know. I didn't get to that one, so <laughs> I didn't say well, it. But they're still proficient. They are so proficient. We had to do it two weeks in a row. Yep. So of course, mm. if you are a member and you have the. Um, the bronze packages you'll get stuff like forgebox pro and cfcast subscriptions as perks but all mm -hmm. patreon members have their own profile badge on the community website they have their own private forum on the community website which is community.autosolutions.com and all, all patreon supporters have their own private slack channel so you guys can bug us privately and we can give you guys little sneak previews and, and stuff as we bring them out but uh we have a great great number of patrons as we mentioned we're just going to list off the few top ones this week and so I'll start with the first few. So our top Patreons, we want to thank you. John Wilson from Synaptrix, Tomorrow's Guides, and Jordan Clark. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Carr, Jeffrey McGee from Sunstar Media, Dean Motter, Nolan Irk, Abdul Rahim, and many, many more. Yep. So go to the website, autosolutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsors to get all of our patron supporters and again it was great i think we saw probably half of our supporters there at the conference so those patron supporters were there uh it was really good to see and enjoyed catching up with some of you and if i didn't catch up with you next time please say hi you know let me know who you are uh i i knew i know most of the ones on there but there are a few names that i haven't met in person and if you guys are at cf summit definitely look us up there as well come tell us you're a patreon be good to to say hello put a, a face to the name in person and we always appreciate, uh, you know, mixing with Absolutely. our community members. So thank you very much, everybody. Every uh, thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still recovering from the box. It was a, a long week, but uh, thanks everyone for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. And thanks again. Remember, a lot of stuff coming to you. Go check out all those blog posts and all the content. Tons and tons of great stuff for you. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Thanks, Dan. See you later, guys. No problem, Gavin. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.